Hey everyone, I wanted to welcome you to Encounter Church. I'm Pastor Craig Rice. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Thank you, thank you. Wow, that was quite the introduction. Um, first, I just want to thank Pastor Craig for allowing me to be up here and, and speak. It truly is an honor. Um, I do not take this opportunity lightly, um, the fact that he trusts me <laughs> to get up here on a Sunday and speak. Uh, like he was saying, I'm uh, Brevin. I'm the youth pastor here at Encounter. Um, so I, I, I do share this stage um, just on a different day. I'm up here on Tuesday nights. Um, so, yeah. And... When he asked me to speak, he asked me to speak uh, a couple months ago. Right after he asked me speak to speak um, to, today, I was on Facebook, and I, I'm a part of a couple of youth youth pastor Facebook pages. Yes, they have those. Yes, we talk to each other. It's it's sometimes it gets a little crazy, but um, I saw this meme. I'm going to share it with you guys because I'm a youth pastor. I might as well share a meme. <laughs> it says the youth pastor getting encouragement from his wife because he has to go preachy, preachy for big church. <laughs> and on the bottom, if you can't see, it says, you can do this, and afterwards, we can have cake. So yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to that cake after service. Um, so yeah, so today, I'm going to be talking about chess. Um, and bear with me, stay with me. Um, I love chess. Chess is one of my favorite games. Yes, very nerdy, I know. I was in chess club in middle school. Um, I wasn't in chess club in high school because they didn't have one. And I wasn't, uh, I don't know, I guess I wasn't brave enough to start a chess club in high school. Um, but chess is an incredible game. It's, 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 it it gets, goes so deep. It looks so simple, yet it's so sophisticated. Um, and today I believe that through chess I can, uh, that we can bring out some, some, some concepts from chess and bring it into our own lives. So, here's some fun chess facts for you guys today. So chess is played on a board of 64 squares, eight rows by eight rows. There's black, the black pieces versus the white pieces, obviously, light versus dark. Kinda already see where I'm going here. And there's pawns, there's rooks, there's knights, there's bishop, there's a queen and a king on both sides. And the entire game of chess revolves around the king, the piece of the king. The whole game revolves around the king. And just after four moves of chess, after four moves from each player, there are over 318 billion different possible positions that the pieces can be in. Just after four moves from each person. The number of of possible unique chess games are more, far more greater than the number of electrons in the entire universe. The number of positions that, that a game can end up in. So, we haven't even, there hasn't even been that many games played to be able to have the pieces in each, each possible location. So now, why do I tell you this? The game of chess takes focus, it takes dedication, it takes um, sacrifices, well-planned sacrifices, strategic positioning of the pieces, perseverance, and endurance. And that it, and it kind of sounds like life, right? Life takes all of those things. And life isn't just one battle. It isn't just one chess game. Life is many, 
many different battles, many, many different chess games that we are playing throughout our lives. So let's turn to our key verse today. It's going to be uh, James 1.12. And it says, God blesses those who, are patient, who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterwards, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love them. Patiently endure. So let's pray. God, I just pray that through uh, this message today, through, through your word, God, that lives are changed, hearts and minds are changed today. I pray that every single person walks out of here with a new perspective on their life today, God. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, and the title of my message today is Checkmate? Question mark. Checkmate. It's a question. Checkmate? Uh, so, a game of chess is like a clash between this, these, two, these two sides of the board, the light, the light pieces and the dark pieces. And it's in, in, today, in today's world, we're in a clash of two kingdoms. Two kingdoms are clashing every single day, um, day in and day out. So what is a kingdom? By definition, a kingdom is a country, state, or territory ruled by a king or a queen. A kingdom needs a ruler. The thing with a ruler is a ruler uh, gets respect by, from its people. People give the ruler respect, whether forced or, or, or given to the people freely because they, they enjoy their ruler. So, of course, God is the ruler of his kingdom. And being in his kingdom, we respect him. We give him praise and, and we give him glory as our ruler of our kingdom. And then there's the other kingdom, and it's the kingdom of the world. And the people, people of the world, they're, they're, they look at, they're, they're their own rulers, they don't have a ruler. They, they rule themselves. That's the kingdom of the world. There's two separate kingdoms, they're in, and they're, they're, they're battling each other every single day. And the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of the world, will do everything it can to get you and drag you from God's kingdom and the kingdom from the light side and bring you into, bring you into darkness, bring you into the kingdom of the world. Every single day, that kingdom is trying to get you away from the, uh, uh, God's kingdom. And this is where perseverance and endurance come into play in our lives. And the game of chess can either be quick, really quick, and simple, and fast, or it can be long and drawn out. These battles in our lives can be either long or quick. So let's look at Hebrews 10, 35 through 36. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward, the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. Patient endurance. That's what we're going to focus on. Patient endurance. Like I said, some of these battles that we face in our lives take a very, very, very long time. And that's why patience and endurance is, is, is key when we're, when we're going through these things. And when our patience is tested, so is our faith. When my, when my patience for a financial situation to, to, to get better and, so, and my finances get better, when my patience dwindles for that, my faith that it's actually going to happen and my faith that God is going to provide can also start dwindling a little bit as well Once my, when my patience starts going down. I'm not, not all the time, 
but it, it can happen, right? Once your patience starts going away, then your sometimes your faith is like, well, maybe maybe he's not going to do it. Maybe he won't do it. When my the patience for a healing, when you need a healing, physical healing in your life, when your patience for that starts to run out, your faith can start going down with it as well. Or when your patience for your spouse starts running out um, in your marriage, and you and you, it's just nothing. It's just not. It's not working. And your patience for that marriage to work, when your patience goes down, your, your faith that, it, that it's going to that it's going to get better can also start going down as well. Don't let your lack of patience become your lack of faith. Don't let it. Don't let your lack of patience become your lack of faith. And you might say, well, I'm just not a patient person. I'm just not a patient person. That's never been me. I'm not patient. Me neither. I am not a patient person. Ask my wife. Ask my kids. I'm not patient. Um, and it's something, it's something we need to work on. We need to work on our patience. Patiently endure. So the good news is God uses past examples to testify of future victories for us. So let's turn to the Bible again. This one's going to be kind of long, um, and I tried to cut it down, but I couldn't because it's too good. So we're going to read it. All right, Hebrews 11, 1 through 13. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that we now see what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it, was, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about things that never happened before, that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where, without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner, living in tents, and so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Though she had, was barren and was too old, she believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was, so, was as good as dead, a nation that was so many people that, like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. All these people died believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. I should probably make sure this doesn't lock on me. <laughs> um, these people are an example of us, of what patient, patient endurance looks like. They didn't, they didn't receive what was promised, but they saw it from a distance and they welcomed it. They saw what God did for other people. And they saw that God was faithful 
and, and provided for those people. And they knew it was coming. They died before they saw what God was bringing, what was, was doing for them. But, but they, they welcomed it from a distance because they knew it was coming. They knew it was coming. And they agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. They knew that their purpose wasn't for, wasn't for this earth. So, they, so we'll get on to our next, our next spot here. And the first point I'm going to do is, in the game of chess, there are three stages of a game of chess. There's the opening, there's the mid-game, and the end game. So we're going to talk about the opening a little bit. Um, so the battle has been declared. The kingdoms are classing. And now what side? What side are you on? Oh, I can't move too much. That's going gonna, gonna to fall over. Um, just to be clear, let's, let's turn to the Bible. Ephesians 5, 8. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord, so live as people of light. God's glory radiates throughout his kingdom, shines light over everybody in his kingdom. As people of the kingdom of God, we, are, we have light. We have God's light shining on us. So obviously, we're on the light side. We're, we're the white pieces, all right? Just so everyone's clear. So, no matter what the battle is, no matter what battle you are facing, the white pieces always have the first move. Always. In the game of chess, white always has the first move. We get to choose how we respond to the battles that are placed in front of us. We get to choose how we're going to respond first. So there are bad opening moves in chess, and there are good opening moves in chess. There's a wrong way to respond to the battles in our lives, and there's a right way to respond to the battles in our lives. In chess, there's things called book moves. Um, and these book moves are determined and have been predetermined to be the best moves by the people who have been deemed authoritative in, 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 the, in the world of chess. Um, now it's computers because we have computers. But back in the day, before computers, people were deemed to be author, uh, authoritative in chess, and they have deemed what the best moves are um, in the game of chess depending on your situation. And they're called book moves. So we need to start responding to our battles with more book moves. More book moves. We got to go to the book, to this book, to the Bible, and respond to our battles according to God's word. Too many times we can rely on our own understanding and play off of our emotions and start just moving pieces and, and going into battle and making bad moves. And we start setting, we start setting stuff up for failure and we start moving. And, and next thing we know, we've set up an attack for the, from the enemy because we're making bad moves. We're not making book moves because we're playing off our emotions. So the whole objective of the opening of a chess game is taking ground. You want to take ground and take up as much of this middle board as possible. I'm over here like I'm playing a game of chess, but okay. Ground is taken by small victories, one move at a time. Small victories. That's why we got to be patient and we have to endure. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Game of chess is a marathon. And once ground has been taken, 
once we have taken ground by our pieces, we don't want to give up that ground. We don't want to give it up. Once you take ground in, in a battle that you're facing, in an addiction that you're facing, or whatever it is, once you take that ground, don't give that ground up. That's yours. You have taken it. So let's move into the mid game. So we've done the opening. We've started moving. We've, done, we've been moving with book moves, the best moves possible. And now we're in the middle game. So I have a little story. Like I said, I like chess. I've always liked chess. And I like it so much, like when we go places and we go to friends' houses and stuff, I'll bring my chess, <laughs> I'll bring my chess board um, and, just, and, and just see if anyone likes to play chess as well. And I'll play chess with them. So um, we were over at a friend's house. We're at Adam's house, actually. Um, and there was a bunch of us over there. And we're hanging out. And I was like, hey, does anyone want to play chess? Because I got my chess board. And Jesse's like, yeah, I'll play. I'll play. I'm not good. Um, and, and to be honest, I'm not that great either. I'm not super good. Just because I love chess, I'm not, like, a really good player. Um, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, so I, I, I pulled my chess board out. And I was just I was talking about how good I was. I was like, I was like, Jesse, I'm sorry, but I'm probably going to beat you because he's saying he wasn't good. Um, so I pulled my chessboard out. We laid it out. We started playing, and uh, I didn't take it seriously. Um, I was not focused. That's because I didn't perceive Jesse as a threat because I knew he wasn't good. I didn't see him as a threat, and a threat isn't a threat to me unless I perceive it. A threat, if you don't perceive a threat, it turns into an attack before you even realize it was a threat. So you need to perceive the threat before it turns into an attack. It's harder to be reactive than it is to be proactive. And as a police officer, I was a police officer. It might not look like it. I got a man bun now and everything. I was a police officer. And we're trained on this concept Constantly, constantly trained on the concept of being, being the fact that being reactive is slower than being proactive. The time to perceive um, a threat in, in, in human like anatomy is three quarters of a second to perceive a threat, an actual active threat coming at you, three quarters of a second. And then it's another three quarters of a second to react to that threat. So by the time that you are reacting to the threat that has been coming at you is a second and a half. And in police officer time, that's, that's too long. Um, so you need to perceive that threat as soon as possible. Because if you don't, you're going to be under attack before you even realize that there was a threat in the first place. So to end that story, I lost to Jesse. Uh, and it was embarrassing because I was talking all this stuff. I brought my own chessboard, and I lost to some guy who doesn't play chess, really. He had to ask a couple times, uh, like, how to move a piece. Anyways. Um, let's, uh, oh. I mean, yeah. Um, so we're in the mid game. We're in the mid game. We're past the opening. We've taken ground. We're, we're responding by book moves. Um, and you've made your first move against the threat. The enemy is threatening, and you're, making, and you're taking ground. And your position on the board and your position in the battle depend on your past decisions that you've made. So now you're getting threatened back by the enemy. 
and it depend and and the way you handle that threat depends on those past moves that you made. So it all goes back to the beginning, goes back to the foundations, going back to the book moves. If you start directly with scripture and prayer, you go to the book, go to the Bible, and you pray, you can't go wrong. Those are the book moves. It's going to set you up for success. When those threats come, you're going to see them right away because you've already responded accordingly. So let's look at Romans 8, 31. What shall we say about such wonderful things? We've all heard this before as these. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? We start our battle. We start this chess match and we go to the book and we pray. Who can be? No one, no one can be against us because God is for us. So we've already set that up. We have gained ground and we're in, we're in a good spot because we've, we've respond, responded uh, accordingly. So. Once you get past the mid game, you're now in the end game. And the end game of a chess match is the most intense, um, in, in, intense part of the chess match. Uh, when, when you watch, uh, I'm acting like you guys are going to be watching chess. I watch chess, okay? It, they just had the world uh, championships, uh, and I watched it. But when you get towards the end game, stuff starts moving really quickly. And players start making mistakes because they're moving without, without thinking. And time starts dwindling, and they're making, they start making bad moves. So the end game is the most important part of a chess match. That's why being patient and having endurance is, is critical, especially in the end game when, when, when threats and attacks are just coming left and right. Because you're almost there. You are almost, um, you're, you're almost at the end. And sometimes in a game of chess, you need to make strategic sacrifices in order to gain advantage over, over your opponent. So when you're in a battle, and you're in the battle against the enemy, there are strategic sacrifices that we need to make in order to, in order to win, in order to gain an advantage. There are some things in our lives that we need to get rid of and, and just throw out and sacrifice because they're not good for us. They're holding us back. They're keeping us from gaining position and gaining ground. So what is it in your life and your battles that you're going through right now? Think about the battles that you're going through. What is it that you need to just get rid of, that you need to sacrifice, throw out, and just, and just, and just let it go? Because it's the most crucial part of the end game is sacrificing your pieces that need to go in order to gain that advantage. So like I said at the beginning of my message is that this whole game revolves around the king, the, 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 the king's pieces or the king piece, the whole game. And the objective is to checkmate your opponent. And your opponent wants to checkmate you as well. The word checkmate in chess comes from the Persian phrase shamat. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Shamat, which means the king is dead. The enemy will go to every extent to get you to give up and believe that God is no longer there to protect you or to provide for you. That is the goal of the enemy, is to get you to believe that, that, that there's no more protection, there's no more, there's no more safety, there's no more uh, looking forward um, because they want you to believe that the king is dead. Checkmate means the king is dead. 
And like I said, the, the end game of the chess match is the most intense. Um, and both sides are feeling pressures of defeat. Both sides feel like they're, they're, they're close to defeat when really one side is close to a victory. But both sides are, are, feel like they're about to be defeated. And this is where most people give up. Most people give up in the end game. They are so close to beating their battle, to, be, to beating whatever they're going through. They're so close. They're in the end game, and then they give up. They back away. Some battles people cause people to completely separate themselves from, from, from the body of Christ. We can look at this chessboard, and we can, we can look at this light side and all these pieces as the body of Christ. Each of us with a distinct um, uh, ability, distinct abilities of what we can do um, and provide for each other. And we're so close to these battles, uh, to winning these battles, but we give up too, too quickly when we're about to win. And then we separate ourselves from the body of Christ. We've seen it too many times recently. That people are so close through, uh, to breakthrough, and then they walk away because the pressure of defeat is just way too high at the end game. Not knowing that they had the enemy in check, not checkmate, but check. It was just one, one move away from victory. Not knowing that they have the enemy in check, they give up. They quit. They lay, they, they lay their pieces down, and they walk away. So as I end here, can we have the band come up to stage? Um, so we're in the end game and I have a little story that I want to, uh, another story. I love stories. This is a good one. So there was a painting once hung at the, I'm going to, uh, butcher this name, Lover in a museum in Paris. Okay. A museum in Paris. <laughs> and it was a painting by Frederick Moritz August. Uh, I can't say his last name. Not even going to try. There was a painting there, and it depicted two chess players sitting on a game of chess. And so we, I think we have it here. Yes. One player, the player on the left, is actually depicted to be Satan. He's looking smug. He's got his hand on his chin. He's looking, he's looking like he, he's, he's doing something. He knows he's about to win. And then the other player, we have the other player there, and um, he has his hand on his forehead. He looks perplexed. He looks defeated. And he, he doesn't know what to do because it's, it's just the end game for him. And he's about to lose. And the painting's name is actually Checkmate. And the story goes, there was a tour in a museum. And the group, there was a group of tourists being, being toured around the museum, looking at the, each, piece of, each piece of art. Um, and one of the people in this tour was a chess grandmaster. And they came up to this, to this painting. They're all looking at it like, oh, that's nice, yeah. Um, and the tour moved on. But the chess grandmaster stayed here and looked and was looking at the painting. And the tour guide realized, oh, we lost one of our people. So the tour guide goes back. He's like, hey, what's going on? He's like, you said this painting was called Checkmate, right? And the guy's like, yeah. Um, Satan has checkmated the guy, and the guy has now lost his soul. That's the meaning of the painting there. And the chess grandmaster's like, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a chess grandmaster, by the way. And I'm looking at this painting. And I'm looking at the pieces on the board. And the guy on the right, he is not in checkmate. He's not in checkmate. The reason he's not in checkmate is because the king has one more move. 
His king has one more move. Your king has one more move in your life. Things are going down, downhill. The mar your marriage is on the brink. The king has one more move. You're not in checkmate. The king always has one more move. Your finances are going down the drain. You don't know where your next paycheck's gonna be. You don't know where the next, your next meal is gonna come from. The king has one more move. The king has one more move. The addiction that's destroying your life, just your life is going downhill because this, this addiction that you can't break, that you've been trying to break for years and years and years and years, the king has one more move. Not only that, the chess master explained, not only is he not in checkmate, he's actually one move away from winning. He has one more move, and Satan's in checkmate. From one more move, just by one move of that king, now, the, now, now Satan is in checkmate. Just one more move away. So don't give up. Whatever that battle is in your life that's going on, don't walk away. No matter how much it looks like you're about to lose, head, your head's down, you're just defeated. No matter how much it looks like you're going to lose that battle, the king always has one more move. So can I ask, I'm going to ask the prayer partners to come forward. Do we have prayer partners scheduled today? Yeah. So we're all going through battles in our lives. Each and every one of us, there's a battle that we are going through today that we need victory over, that we need to just keep moving forward, keep gaining ground. And if that's you here today, we have our awesome prayer partners up here. They're, they're full of faith. They're full of wonder. They prayed for me before service, and it, it was just, it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible when you, when you step up for prayer and get prayed over. Before we do that, uh, with every eyes, with every head bowed and eyes closed, we make sure every single service that we that we give the opportunity for those who have not done so to give their life to Christ, to raise their hand and say, "I want to give my life to the King because He has another move for me. He has a new life for me. I can be a new creation in Him." Or maybe you have given your life to Him and you've walked away. You've walked away from him. He's always been there with you, but you've been walking away, and you want to get, get closer to him again. So if that's you here today, on the count of three, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to raise your hand. And if that's you and you accept him into your heart, you come, and you're coming back on three, I just want you to raise your hand. So one, you've never been more loved than you are right now. Two, God is with you. He's always been with you. No matter how far you feel like you've walked away from him, he has been right there, one step behind you, waiting with his hand out to you to pull you back. And three, if that's you here today, you just give your life back to Jesus. We got one in the house today. If you're online today, and if that's you, DM us, DM us. We will reach out to you. We'll pray with you. We want to get with you. Thank you, Jesus. God, we just pray right now to you, Jesus. We thank you for everything that you have done for us. We see all the victories that you have given to those who went before us, to those in the Bible that we read about, the victories that you have given them, the victories that they didn't see, but their descendants saw, 
faith. We, we are putting our faith in you. That what you have promised us, the victory over the battles in our lives, God, that those will come. God, we love you. We thank you. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow Jesus to transform your soul. We pray that you have an amazing week. Thanks again for being a part of the Encounter Church family. God bless you.